Okay. Uh, hit the lights. I, I, I knew this beforehand, and some of you already know, um, know this because you come here. But, but meeting with relatives the last several days, what we're able to do at this church, what I mean by is meeting, not having to wear a mask. The fact, because we're a small church, we're also outside of city limits, we are extremely blessed with this opportunity. There are, there are churches, either because of their size, different reasons, they're not able to meet in person, or it's only 20%, or whatever it might be. We are extremely blessed under the circumstances to meet as we do. Don't take that for granted. Sundays, Monday night prayer, Wednesday night prayer. Don't just let that slip by and, and not truly appreciate it. I am grateful, and I've, having talked with other people about what their circumstances are, I'm very grateful that we are able to be here together. So uh, we're going to celebrate this morning. We're going to have communion. And uh, let's take advantage of all that God wants to do this morning. Amen. Would I be without your love? Where would I be? Without your mercy, where would I be without Jesus? Let me sing about your love. Once was lost, but your love found me. Once was broken, but your love is healed. And I was dead in my sin. But now I live again And it's all because of your love What's your love that came and saved me? What's your love that rescued my soul? What's your love that came and forgave me? about your love I once was lost Your love found me. It's most broken, but your love is healed. I was dead in my sin. And it's all because of your love. What's your love that came and saved me? What's your Your love.
you gave Your body was broken You poured your love You bled and you died for me There on that cross You breathed your last as you were crucified You gave it all for me Hallelujah, what a Savior Hallelujah, what a friend Hallelujah, King forever We thank you for the cross In the darkness, lifelessly, the frame of the Father, Son, in agony, He watched His only Son be sacrificed, and He gave it all for me.
sins are scarlet You made us white as snow Though my sins were scarlet Jesus made me white as snow Though my sins Though my sins were scarlet Jesus made me white as snow You will make me white as snow My sins are forgiven Pay my ransom. My sins are forgiven. You pay my ransom. Why don't you go ahead and be seated for this next song. Morning by morning, new 
mercies I see. Oh, I have needed Thy hand, have provided. Great is Thy faithfulness, Lord. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow blessings on my ten thousand beside great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies I see all oh, I have needed thy hand Provided, but great is thy faithfulness. Oh, great is thy faithfulness. Yes, great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Father, this morning we do thank you for your faithfulness. You are a wonderful God, Jesus, glorious Savior. And we love your Holy Spirit this morning. Lord, we reflect on your goodness and your mercy this past year. You, Lord God, have been a God that has delivered his people. You will continue to deliver your people in the days ahead. And we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just a couple quick announcements. We will have prayer tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. We will not have prayer on Wednesday. Uh, and then next Sunday at 9.15 is our donuts and coffee. And encourage you to come and partake in, in that. Um, we'll receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Just let me <clears throat> excuse me, read you a scripture. You've heard this before. Written by Paul or John. And he's writing to the elder Gaius whom he loves. And he says, Beloved, I pray that thou may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. That's the will of God for you for this coming year that we prosper and be in health as our souls prosper. We got to make sure this prospers because it affects everything else. So um, ushers this morning, you can receive this, the tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope, raise your hands. They will get you one. And we so appreciate your faithfulness this year. You've blessed Bless. We'll go through some of these things in the next few weeks, but you've been a blessing to us. You've been a blessing to this church body. You've been a blessing to the missionaries in the Philippines and Africa and 
and we'll talk about that because we got letters from them and they've been blessed. So we want to thank you all. Spirit of God began to deal with me, and, and it was unusual because I heard this song. Great is thy faithfulness. I'm a Methodist boy. I was raised Methodist. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing wrong with some of those hymns. And you young ones don't know some of those hymns, but you need to because they're powerful. And the words, the lyrics are powerful. And God began to deal with my heart about his faithfulness. And, uh, you know, we can reflect on this past year, and I tried to do it all in one paragraph, but I'll tell you what, this has been a year to remember. But you ain't seen nothing yet. And I say that, it's poor English, but you get the picture. Next year, we're going to see some exciting things happen in the church, and in this nation. Amen? Amen. I said uh, 2020 has been a year of judgment and a year of shaking for the nation and for the church. How many felt that shaking? But the remnant church, and that's a, that's a phrase that you've heard a lot this year from the prophets and and you've heard me mention that that those two words remnant church and when i say remnant church i mean the church that's the true believers say true believers you have the church but you have a remnant that is the church and they're true believers and you say, what's the remnant church? Well, if you look in Mark chapter 4 in the parable of the sower, there were different kinds of hearts, remember? But one heart was considered the good heart. And they did what God had commanded them to do. So the remnant church is an obedient church. Amen? And it's the willing and obedient that will eat the good of the land. The remnant church are the true believers that have believed God this year and believed what the prophets have said will stand strong in 2021 and will overcome. And I want to be one of the overcomers. I don't want to be sitting on the sideline. Amen? I want to be right there in the thick of things. And I believe you do too. Now, the rest of the church world will either repent and be restored or they will fall away. Did you hear me? 
the rest of the church besides the remnant, unless they repent of their unbelief and their doubt, amen, their sleepiness, their indifference, their apathy, unless they repent, they're going to fall away. What it comes down to in the year 21 will be the faithful versus the faithless. Say it. The faithful versus the faithless. I want to be faithful. I serve a God that's faithful. And I do not want the label faithless applied to me, my family, or this church. Amen? Do you remember this, the, the 12 spies? Who represented the remnant church there? Joshua and Caleb. The other ten, they had an evil report, did they not? But see, Joshua and Caleb believed God's word. Now listen to this statement. The remnant church has revelation of the faithfulness of God that has been developed through personal intimacy with the Father and life's tests and trials. How many have had a life's tests and trials this year? But if you have the right mindset, whatever you're going through, and I'm sure everyone here is going through something or has gone through something, it all comes down to the fact, have you had personal time and intimacy with the Father every day to know His character, and His character is faithfulness. We serve a faithful God. He's been faithful in 2020, and He will be faithful in 2021. As Pastor Hank says, 2021, W-O-N. I like that. The remnant church believes Hebrews 11, 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a what? A rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. You and I serve a faithful God if we believe His Word, if we believe His prophets in this hour, He will reward us. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm, I'm part of the remnant church. I believe you're part of the remnant church. You're going to experience some rewards next year. You're going to experience some of the suddenlies of God. Maybe in your health, maybe in your finances, your relationships, your children, your grandchildren you're dealing with. He's faithful. The remnant church, now listen, believes that God who gave Israel their inheritance, remember we've been talking about Joshua and taking the land, will do the same for America and the church today. Let me say it again. The remnant church believes that the God who gave Israel their inheritance will do the same for America and the church today. If you think this nation's going down the tubes, wake up. It's not God's will, it's not God's plan, it's not God's purpose. I listened to Pastor Hank yesterday, and he he basically said, how much repent do we need to do? 
The church has repented. And because of the fact that we've repented, God is going to restore back honor to the, this nation and to his body. I believe that. And I found a scripture in Joshua 21, verse 43. Now, I'm going to give you a number of scriptures. This is communion. We're going to receive communion this morning. And all you need to know, if you're, if you're just visiting today, if Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, you, our communion table is open to you. Amen. I found this scripture. And it's interesting. If you'll go back and study the history of the nation of Israel and the nation of America, the United States of America, how they coincide. And there are a lot of prophecies in the Old Testament. If you'll look and really study them out, apply to this nation today. And I found this in Joshua 21, verse 43 through 45. Let me read it to you. It says, so the Lord gave to Israel all the land, say all, all the land which he had sworn to their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. See, as believers, we need to still take possession of our inheritance. Just because things change here in the net this next year means that we, we still need to roll up our sleeves and get to work. We can't sit idly by. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land which he'd sworn to give to their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest, everyone say rest, all around, according to all that he had sworn to their fathers, and not a man of all their enemies stood against them. Now listen. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand, not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel, all came to pass. And you can apply that to the nation of Israel and their inheritance, but I'll tell you what, that applies to the church today. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to this nation through the prophets. You could say that. All came to pass. You don't need to be afraid. God's not given his people a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Now, I'm going to go through, I'm going to give you scriptures. You don't need to, for the sake of time, I'll give you the scriptures, and then at the end, you can look up the ones I've told you. But let me define faithfulness. We're talking about God's faithfulness to his people. Webster says it's maintaining allegiance to be constant, loyal, marked by a strong sense of duty or responsibility. I have a faithful dog. His name's Gage. He's 13. He's, he's getting old day by day. But that dog, it's, it's uncanny. He doesn't follow me. He will follow Kathy around from room to room. And it's, you know, I'd love to have, he doesn't follow me around. He follows her around. He's, what? I moved too fast. My daughter-in-law's visiting, and she's a character. That's all I'm going to say. Now I lost my train of thought. Faithful, faithful, and she—that's the way you and I need to be now 
and this next year, just following God. Wherever he goes, doing whatever he wants us to do. Amen. And that's the way God is with his people. He'll never leave us nor forsake us, but he's with you and I. Amen forever. Now, that's what Webster says. Now, I'm going to give you the Hebrew and the, and the Greek. Amuna is the Hebrew word. It means firmness, stability, fidelity, conscientiousness, steadiness, certainty, that which is permanent, enduring, and steadfast. I'm describing to you God the Father. And that is the way he is. This is God the Father's character to you and I. Amuna comes from the root A-M-A-N, Amon, which means to be firmly persuaded. Now, where'd you hear that? Did you hear that lately? When did you hear it? What? When did you hear firmly persuaded? Dear God. Dear Jesus, come get me now and deliver me from this from these people that do not remember. Where, where did you hear the word fully persuaded? Now you newbies, you're all right. We'll give you grace. I'm not going on till I hear. Thank you, dear. You win the prize. And you're a newbie. Everyone will give you $10 at the end of the service. I talked about it last week. Where were you? The shepherds, Mary, Joseph, the wise man, were what? Abraham was fully persuaded. That's where this word aman, which means firmly persuaded, it means sure, established, and steady. And we get the word, guess what word we get from that? Yes, amen. When you say amen... It means truly so. It is truly so. It means so be it. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's what it means. It is often translated faithfulness or truth as truth is considered something certain, stable, and unchangingly fixed. And we find this root, Amon, in Second Chronicles 2020. Have you heard that scripture lately? Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. That word aman means believe or to be established. So you could say, be established in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Now the word in the Greek is P-I-S-T-I-S. Pistis, it means faith. It's a person who's devoted, trustworthy, dependable, dedicated, constant and unwavering. I'm describing your God. This is your God. This is my God and your God. Is he not devoted to you? Is his word not trustworthy? Is he not dependable, dedicated, constant, and unwavering? He does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. In the New Testament, pistis is the divinely implanted principle of inward confidence, assurance, trust, and reliance in God and all that he says. In 2 Timothy 2.13, we find the scripture that says, if we are faithless, and we're not faithless, are we? If we are faithless, which means do not believe and are, un- are untrue to him, he still remains true. 
He still remains faithful to his word and his righteous character, for he cannot deny himself. Now, quickly, I'm going to go through and describe to you God and his faithfulness. How it is described in the Bible. It's everlasting. Say everlasting. Psalm 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. Do you see that? It's everlasting. Number two, it's infinite. Lacking limits or bounds. That's what it means. Psalm 36.5, Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Are you getting the picture of your God, of your God the Father's faithfulness? Number three, it means to be established or to make stable or firm. Psalm 89, 2, for I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall establish in the very heavens. Number four, it's incomparable. Psalm 89, verse 8, O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty like you, O Lord? Your faithfulness also also surrounds you. The Living Bible says, faithfulness is your very character. Faithfulness is God's very character. It's his very being. Amen. You and I should be faithful. You know, if... Your, your faithfulness or lack of faithfulness can define your character. If your word is no good, you're no good. So I believe all of us, we all have character flaws. We all have idiosyncrasies. Amen? God is faithful. But you and I, no matter what we're dealing with and what our character's life, we continue to strive and, 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 and try to be more faithful. Amen? We'll be blessed. So, how can you compare it? Faithfulness is your very character. Character Message Bible says, God of the angel armies, who is like you? Powerful and faithful from every angle. Number five, God's character is unfailing. Psalm 89, 33, Nevertheless, my loving kindness I will not utterly take from him, nor allow my faithfulness to fail. You and I might fail. God can't fail. God won't fail us. Even if we do fail, he doesn't. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And the last one, This is good. Lamentations 3.22 says, Through the Lord's mercies were not consumed, because his compassions fail not. Amen? If you want to look at the mercy of God, I won't say names today, but she's a woman in Congress. Look at God's mercy. If it was me, that woman would be gone. What woman she's talking about? Starts with a P. The other guy's name starts with an S. Don't get political. Oh, it's too late. Years ago, Kathy and I, we thought, there's politics in the... I'll tell you what, preachers need to stand up and say what's right. Amen. But God's mercies 
we, because of God's mercy, we're not consumed. And because his, of his compassions, they fail not. They're new every morning. And great is God's faithfulness. You know, we're going to be going into communion. And as, as I read these scriptures, I want you to reflect on God's faithfulness to you and your family. I'm not ready yet, but you can go ahead. You jumped the gun, Mike. This is my other brother, Abe. Being faithful, that's right. How's God's, manif- how's God's faithfulness manifest? I'll give you the answer. In his counsels, in his plans, in his purposes. In Isaiah 25, 1, it says, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name. For you've done wonderful things. Your counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. God's plans and purposes for you. Say, you means me. Everyone here today, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. The good works that he's begun in you, he will finish those good works. He says, for I I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord of hosts, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future, a hope, an expected end. See, God's faithfulness is manifested in his plan and his purpose for your life. The next one. He's a God that is faithful, that keeps covenant. Say, keeps covenant. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Therefore, know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keeps His commandments. He's the faithful God that keeps covenant. He says, My covenant I will not break nor alter the word that goes out of my mouth. Aren't you glad he keeps covenant with you? The next one, he's, his testimonies, his laws, his statutes, his judgments, his word. He's faithful. Psalm 119.13 says, Your testimonies which you've commanded are righteous and very faithful. Isaiah 55.11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish what I please and prosper in the things for which I've sent it. The next one, how's it manifested? I already gave it to you in forgiving sins. 1 John 1, 9. If we are, say it with me, faithful and just to confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's easy, isn't it? So if you blow it, Anybody blow it? He's faithful to forgive us when we go to him with a repentant heart. Now, this is your time to turn in your Bible. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5. This morning, I, I just wanted to, uh, we're going to be getting into another series. We're going to be teaching on church doctrine. And we're going to um, begin to teach... The vision of Harvest Church, what we're all about, what we believe, because we're getting new people and we all need to be on the same page. Amen. But this morning, I just want you to to leave here today. Knowing God, your father is faithful. 
Now, there's some things in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Look at verse 23. How about God's faithfulness in you? What's your responsibility? What's my responsibility as a believer? 1 Thessalonians 5.23 Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at He who calls you is what? Faithful who also will do it. So, you know, years and years ago when I was young, and came to Norfolk in 1983 out of Bible school. It, it was a struggle for a while because I really didn't know that God was that faithful. I was young spiritually. David said, I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. That was then, and now though I can look back and I can tell you, and Kathy can look back and tell you how faithful he has been because we answered the call to ministry. Say, I'm not in the ministry. Yes, you are. Everyone is called to the ministry of reconciliation. You need to share Jesus. Amen. I, I, I went by the other day on my road home, drive home, and there was Zach and his boys and, and a guy on another street shoveling his driveway. That's ministry. You don't have to be behind the pulpit to be considered a minister of the gospel. And I don't care what you've called to do, Mike, if you're going to teach, you know, concealed carry and gun classes the rest of your life. God's called you to do that. Then be faithful. Whatever you're called to do, be faithful. Because God's faithful to you in your calling. Look at 1 Corinthians 10. Just got a couple. First Corinthians 10. My brother-in-law is here and he 